Hi, I'm James, and welcome to We Are YA, The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favorite young adult authors are doing at home during this very unique time. I have another special guest with me today because I'm interviewing our first booktuber on our podcast. Today, I'm talking with Adriana from Perpetual Pages. Adriana can be found at youtube.com slash perpetualpages, and they are a fierce advocate for queer representation, intersectionality, feminism, and boosting marginalized voices. Their reading tastes are self-described as extremely eclectic, as are mine. (laughs) (laughs) So, Adriana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It means so much to be invited into the space. Yeah, and we're very glad to have you as our first booktuber. Yay. (laughs) So, first of all, where am I speaking to you from today? So, I'm coming at you from what is currently a sunny Southern California. Ooh, glad the sun's still out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It wasn't for a while, but it's back. Cool. Um, How is, uh, I guess, like the general community sentiment around um, everything that's going on there right now? Here in California or like on BookTube? (laughs) Uh, both. Um, yeah. uh, well, I think here in the town I'm in specifically, it seems controlled. It seems like people are not panicking. People are remaining calm. You know, I still see a lot of people out there walking and running and like walking their dogs. Mm-hmm. There's not like a lot of mass, you know, chaos. You know, there are no storming the grocery stores, no like stocking up on on things you don't need. So it seems like here in my little corner of the world, it's kind of chill. It, so in a way it feels like surreal because I know obviously things are happening out there, but it, it's not really impacting my community in a significant way yet. Um, on BookTube, I feel like it's sort of a mixed response. You know, some people feel like they're not able to be creative or create during this time, which is totally valid. And there are other people who are just like churning it out and reading like a ton of books and doing all these readathons. So it's kind of like a mixed response. Yeah, I definitely get that. And um, I guess like from some of the authors I follow on Twitter um, and mm-hmm. other social media, a lot of them have been saying just in terms of being creative um, or even whether or not to be creative um, during a time like this, it's just that whatever works for you works for you. Um, and I feel exactly. like everyone has to address this in a different way and in the way that works best for them. But it is great that BookTube is still, I mean, as it always has been and always will be, hopefully, um, a community and a place for people to connect, um, even during a time like this. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like like we are more connected during this time, which is really nice. So speaking of BookTube, you have been on BookTube for, I believe, over six years now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Awesome. I, f- I feel like you're one of like the OG booktubers. Uh, I feel like I'm very close to the OG booktubers. <laughs> That's like a, a level I have not reached yet. <laughs> Got it. Well, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> I will. Um, I did want, yeah, I did want to ask you about um, what that journey has been like for you. So would you share the inspiration for your channel name? And um, also more broadly, I also want to ask what has being on booktube helped you learn about yourself? Yeah, both really good questions. So I think my channel name is extremely indicative of the era of BookTube I was brought up in. Alliteration Mm. was the hot thing back then. (laughs) And I knew I wanted to have pages in the title because books have pages. And then I just had to find another word that started with P. 
And I feel like I settled on perpetual because it calls to mind something that lasts, something that is forever. And that's what books are to me. So it just made sense. Mm -hmm. mm, I think the word I would use to describe my booktube journey is empowering. Being on booktube mm -hmm. has helped restore a sense of agency and presence I think I was missing in my life for a very long time. So booktube has taught me how to stick to my guns and be myself and just, you know, make the kind of content I want to make. It helped me find my voice and share what I love most in the world, which is stories, which is why I, I love being part of the booktube community. That's so awesome. And I know that one of the many authors you're a super fan of is Gabby Rivera. Yes, yes. I was actually just, I was on your channel um, earlier in the week, just rewatching <laughs> the wonderful vlog that you did with her um, at the event that she had. Oh, yes. Um, and it's just, yeah. Also, like, Gabby's, like, of course, like, super awesome and amazing and empowering. She is. She things. has such a presence. She just, like, exudes joy. And I remember sitting in that bookstore, like with my friend I had brought with me and like, she comes in the store and like the first thing she does is laugh. And I was just like, oh my God, just <laughs> filled with joy. Just like, oh, she's in this place. Like she's here to share her energy with us. It was so good. It's it so amazing that, that Booktube has uh, been a part of just a way for, I guess you and other people to experience that kind of joy with meeting authors, connecting with yes. books. Yes. Um, I also, met Gabby when she was here in New York for her um, event tour last year, last fall. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was like, it was really amazing meeting her. It was almost, I don't mean to sound like a wuss, but <laughs> I almost found it intimidating how joyful she was because she's just so such an awesome, like awesome and open person. Yes, me too. Like when I heard that laugh, I was like, oh no, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's really here. I can't like... <laughs> I'm not on yeah. her level, but she was like very nice and she recognized me and I showed her the post I did for Penguin Teen yeah. about her book and she was so excited. So yeah, I just love her. And she's she's reached out a couple of times after that too. So she's really cool, really down to earth. And I just have so much love for her and everything she does. That's amazing. And I'm really glad that, again, that just BookTube has been such an empowering thing for you. I know it's... It really has. I know every day is a different day. It um, is. It is. We all have our ups and downs, but I'm really glad to hear that, though. Yes. So speaking um, also about your channel, mm -hmm. um, what's your filming schedule like? I, I guess it was also, as a side question, wondering what's the longest it's ever taking you to film a video for your booktube channel? Oh, man. That question is honestly my worst nightmare. <laughs> but oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to peel back the veil somewhat, I guess. So... Under normal circumstances, I would film on the weekends, preferably like on a Saturday. And from there, the editing process usually takes between two and three days. So I'll cut and trim the clips in one session and then fix the coloring and the lighting as best I can in the second session. And then working on the thumbnail, uploading and closed captioning comes last. So, but there's a lot that goes into it. Every video I make is written beforehand, which takes time. Sometimes I have to take photos or do graphics or voiceovers. And then I also now make Instagram story templates to promote the video once it's out in the world. So <laughs> there's a lot that happens from start <laughs> to finish. I feel like I've honestly probably wiped my longest filming session from my memory because it had to be a horrible, horrible experience. I do usually take like an hour to film, which might be wild for some people to think about because I always see these tweets like, 
my raw footage is 45 minutes. Like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, oh, like, you don't want to know what's on my computer right now. <laughs> Let's just say I'm sure there had to be a time when I went through all three of my camera batteries in one session. And I will leave it at that. <laughs> oh, dang. That, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> well, I have lots of mad respect for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Especially since I feel like, like out of all the social platforms, BookTube is definitely the longest form one it is. in terms of like the length of content and even just like all of the work um that you can and can't see yeah that goes into yes, yes. like producing a single video so yeah did you have any level of video editing experience before you started your booktube not really like in high school you're at least where I am, you're required to take some kind of like tech class. So I took a TV slash video class when I was in high school. But that was just like very basic stuff. Like the assignments were, you know, like make a music video or uh, make a PSA. So it was kind of just very basic. Film this, cut this, you know, maybe do a music overlay. But I didn't know anything. I only started my booktube channel because I had, I got a laptop for the first time and it had editing software built into it. And I just like looked up tutorials and like, it's, it's always been super basic. I feel like there's a, people who do a lot more elaborate things than I do, but I've always tried to just keep it like, you know, as simple as I can. <laughs> it's honestly great to hear. Cause I feel like, I guess that technically means that you're a self-taught video, videographer, video editor. I can't. I yeah. Sure yeah. I know. I was thinking about that recently. Cause I was like looking at some job listings. I was like, do you have, you know, experience like in media and like, you know, video editing. I was like, oh, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, that's really great to hear. Mm -hmm. um, speaking about the BookTube community, mm -hmm. has your approach to BookTube and the community changed at all given the current time we're in? I don't think my approach to BookTube has changed that much. If anything, I feel like I've found an even greater sense of resolve and sense of responsibility mm -hmm. to create a sense of normalcy by continuing to put out regular content. I know I'm still waking up every day and scrolling through my YouTube feed first thing in the morning, you know, looking to see what everyone else is uploading. So I know a lot of other people are, are also still looking for that. But I, I have made a conscious effort to say yes to more things and to throw myself into whatever community building events or collaborations that I can. So a lot of wonderful people have reached out to me for online events or collabs. For example, I'm part of a group called Quarantine Pages, where we host an hour of silent reading mm. online every day, which I would not have done before because it would have scared me. And I don't really have any experience, you know, live streaming or like engaging with people in a live way. So, but now I've come to depend on that time where I just get to read with other people. So it's been kind of cool to use my platform to reach out to people in that way. I did see um, the quarantine reading series um, on Twitter and I, I, w I wasn't able to participate myself because, you know, yeah. finding motivation for reading can be a little challenging. Definitely. Like this, but I thought it was just like, I thought it was like such an amazing idea. I'm so glad that you and the other booktubers have been able to make it happen. Yeah, it's been really fun. And we're like really open to anything. Like people can listen to audiobooks during the time or read ebooks. I've had people come in and like do writing sprints or whatever. Like we're just all kind of just mm. sharing the space and it's sort of open to your interpretation, like how you want to use it. That's amazing. 
So if any of our listeners are interested in participating, where would the best place for them to find out the information be? Um, well, we post all of the sessions regularly in our YouTube community tabs. So if you go to our channels, you can go to the community tabs. We usually have the session for that day posted as well as the links and the passwords. Awesome. So pivoting back to your channel a bit more, mm -hmm. Um, one of the many things I love about your channel is your focus on intersectionality. And it speaks to me on a very personal level oh, I'm glad. as well. I did want to ask you, are there any particular books that have deepened your understanding about what intersectionality is? Um, and that can be through either your personal experience or just in general. Hmm. I always credit like my first glimpse of intersectionality to Aristotle and Dante discovered the secrets of the universe by Benjamin Alera Sainz. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't even know all of the beautiful possibilities of queer Latinidad until the moment I read that book. So that really opened a door for me and it made me want to discover and uplift stories that would do that same thing for other people. And then sort of circling back to what we were talking about before, another story that really opened my eyes was Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Devetta, mm -hmm. because it really puts into words how there's white feminism and then there's intersectional feminism and that any movement that doesn't uplift all marginalized identities and genders can't rightfully call itself feminism. So, I mean, people are rarely one thing and no experience is monolithic. And I just think people deserve to read stories that acknowledge those crossroads and those unique experiences. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I know just the name Another book that I know you love because I love it too. <laughs> um, Darius the Great is now yes, by yes. Um, I saw you post about it on Instagram this week. And I was just like, yep. yes, I, yes. I love all Darius love and I love all Darius love coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, it was spur of the moment. I was like, what do I want to read right now? And it just like came to me and it was so soft and perfect and wonderful. And I just like want everyone to read it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can only speak from my personal experience, but every time I read it, I just feel like I'm being cradled yes, and really yes. being embraced. Yes. I don't know by what. <laughs> Adib is just like one of those authors like who's like an autobiography. No, like that's now. definitely something I yeah. said out loud. Like at some point when I was reading, like I just felt so held by the story and just like mm -hmm. so affirmed. I don't know, like, I don't know what it was affirming, but I just felt like so affirmed and so valid after reading it. It was just so... So good. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> what's something that you love about YouTube as a platform and community? And what's one thing that you would change? So I kind of love that anyone who has any sort of video capturing device can be on YouTube. It's sort of a great mm -hmm. equalizer in that way. And I think that's why we have so many beautiful creators in our little corner of the internet. But if I could change anything, I just think there should be a better way to like report trolls and harassers and spam bots because the mm. people who run those accounts face very little consequences and I just I feel like there has to be a better way and I would change the algorithm for sure <laughs> because <laughs> it just it means the creators with bigger audiences get more views and get recommended more often than smaller creators which I don't think is right because I don't I don't think one type of content has more merit than another. I enjoy mm -hmm. and consume content from bigger creators and smaller creators. And I just wish there was more of a, an equal way to discover them. 
That's so important to hear. And I, I definitely hear you on that. On the yeah, algorithm. so annoying. Because um, I feel like not that follower count or subscriber count rather is bad in and of right. itself, but it's only one measure mm-hmm. about how to categorize creators. And it's definitely not yeah. always the most important Exactly. One, it's so. not the be all end all. It's like, I, I see wonderful videos from people with tens of thousands of sub- subscribers. And I see awesome videos from people who have a hundred subscribers. So I just feel like there has to be a better way to bridge those two things. Absolutely. Speaking of creators who um, maybe are newer and have up and coming platforms, as a six year veteran of BookTube <laughs> yourself, do you have any advice for new and emerging booktubers? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is to take the time to learn about yourself and your process. And I always say, give yourself a long runway. Because your first run at it, you're probably not going to take off the way you want to. So you have to be kind to yourself. You have to allow yourself to be imperfect. You have to allow yourself to make mistakes and self-correct and make the kinds of videos that you want to watch. I feel like every few months we have this conversation about whether it's more important to make creative original booktube content or if it's better to stick to the staple videos like reviews and TBRs and wrap-ups. And I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't think that you are mutually exclusive, but it just kind of depends on what kind of person you are. So if a certain video idea or format is going to bring you stress or anxiety, you don't have to do it. You know, whatever allows you to shine and be yourself is what you should do. And I always say that people will always respond to what's authentic, like 100% of the time. Well, to use a word that we used earlier, that's so empowering to hear for sure. Speaking about authenticity and like what you were saying really resonated with me um, about just like, because one of the things like I love about BookTube is it's just such a creative space. Mm -hmm. I have so much respect for um, creators who are able to put themselves out there and find out like what works for them, what Mm -hmm. might not, what new ideas I might want to try. So speaking about authenticity, Mm -hmm. how have you been able to bring in authenticity into your creative process for booktube like are there particular ways that you've had to create spaces for yourself to be able to be authentic to in speaking to what you want to talk about Mm, that's an interesting question I just feel like what I do as a creator is very like instinctual it's very like gut reactive so like I said I write all of my videos before I make them so If I'm writing something and it feels good to me, then I know it's true. And that's the kind of content that I want to share. That's kind of what I hone in on. It's so great to hear. And I'm very hopeful that any booktubers who are newer and figuring out how to build a platform and build um, just like the way they present themselves will be able to take your advice because it's excellent. Yeah. And and I think people just have to remember there's no blueprint. Like we're all out here faking it till we make it. Mm -hmm. I have Googled so many things. I've looked at so many tutorials. I'm very much like self-taught and anyone who does this, it has to be self-taught because there's no guidebook. There's no instruction. You just kind of do. So as long as you're able to do that and like be self-sufficient in that way, I think, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. That's so great to hear. All right. So I did want to take some time to have you answer some fan questions yeah. that were submitted. First up, uh, Carmen from Tomes and Textiles. Hi, Carmen. She was our last guest yes. on the podcast last Love week. Love her. 
Carmen asked, you're still consistently putting out quality content. In the time of coronavirus, how do you find the motivation and inspiration? I think that's a really good question, because like we talked about earlier, I think it just looks different for different people. And, you know, if people feel like they can't create during this time or like want to slow down, that's totally valid. And I totally support that. I just feel like for me, like I'm here, you know, this is something that's still in my power to do. So many things in our lives have changed in very big ways, but like we can still read and we can still talk about books and we can still use the internet to share our love of story. So I feel very fortunate that this is something I, it's still in my power to do and it's still in my power to create. And, you know, it may be super cheesy and like super weeb of me to say, but sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, Naruto would never. <laughs> <laughs> Naruto would never give up <laughs> so like I can't give up either <laughs> all the cheese and weeds yes, are accepted yes. here I'm the last person <laughs> <to accept. laughs> but it's true that I mean like that's why I love about stories you know like if I didn't connect with that character and that mm -hmm. story like those words in that order would not mean anything to me but like now it's like I literally do think to myself like Naruto would never like you have to make Naruto proud <laughs> and like that works for me yeah I mean we all have personal heroes in our lives and yeah. pop culture so yeah that's definitely very mm -hmm. great to hear so our next question is from Jerry from she asks I've always been intrigued by the cadence mm -hmm. of your reviews they're always well researched and elegant and sometimes they actually land like mm -hmm. poetry is that your intent and when it comes to the delivery of your content, what is your objective? Wow. I mean, that's a really flattering question. And <laughs> I like to credit it, I guess, because I do actually come from a writing background. I actually have a degree in writing and um, poetry as well. So and I guess it sort of unconsciously works its way in there. And something that um, I heard a lot in my poetry workshop yeah, you have to find where the poem is hot, which um, brings to mind, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys or anyone remembers um, that game you might have used to play as a kid where, like, you hide something in the house and you tell people that they're getting hot or cold, whether they're getting closer to it or further away from it. So it's mm -hmm. like that. It's when there's something true and something authentic and something passionate happening, that, that's where the writing is hot, so to speak. That process does happen when I write my videos and my reviews, I, I go over it and I think to myself, you know, is this true? Is this what I want to say? Is this embodying the same feeling that this story gave me? And that for me is like where the writing gets hot. So I do try to, there are times when I'm writing, I'm like, Ooh, that's it. Like that's the one. <laughs> Most of the time <laughs> I'm trying to give myself an easy syllable to end my clip on, which is so important. Because, like, you know, if you end on a Y or an R, that sucks. It sucks so much. So I'm usually just, like, moving words around so that I end on, like, a nice syllable to make it sound coherent. That's so interesting. I honestly, I didn't realize that until yeah, you said that. it sucks. Um, I'm sure it also comes a lot from, like, just by the nature of how yes. it works and how editing mm -hmm. your own content works. It's just something that you learn over time after having to 
we watch your footage. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's why I try to be like present when I'm filming because if I I don't want to be monotone. Mm. So that's why like I will try to inject feeling into what I'm saying, I guess. There's no no such thing as too much feeling. <laughs> there I mean, is, well, but... there is, but <laughs> I know you don't have that problem. <laughs> okay, our next question is um, from Shauna from Yay. Twitter. Um, I, I know you love this question yourself, so yes. I wanted to make sure to ask you. Shauna's question is, you are a lover yeah. of the library. How do you support your library during this time of crisis? And do you have any app preferences to consume library materials? Yes. So um, I'm very fortunate that my library has still offers their um, online and like ebook, audiobook services. So, I mean, they used to be on Libby, which I loved, but like they stopped using Libby. So I'm a little bit sad, but they use a different app called Cloud Library, which I use a lot. So I'm still going there and like bookmarking ebooks and audiobooks that I want to check out. And another great way I think people can support their libraries during this time is to um, submit purchase requests for them to let them know, like, you know, there's still mm-hmm. continued interest in this story or in this author. And that like, you know, when all of this is over, like I will be there to check out this book. So please buy it for us. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Anyway, you can like contact your local librarian or like I said, submit purchase requests. I think that's a really good way to show them that you care. And if you're able, then check out those like electronic resources. I'm sure there are others, you know, maybe some libraries offer like movies or video things you can rent. I don't know, different libraries, different things, but it's definitely worth looking into. Those are all great tips. And I definitely think it's so important to support libraries and bookstores at a time like this. Speaking about books, um, definitely the most popular one in a way from Twitter was that um, we had a lot of requests for you to (laughs) recommend books. If you have any middle grade recommendations or books for rainy days um, or your new favorite book in 2020, um, I know our listeners would love to hear. So middle grade books I'm excited about, for sure, Ghost Squad by Clara Balotega. into the tall tall grass i believe it's called i can't remember the author for that one but it's like i heard the words magic and abuela and i'm there um i also need to like catch up on the love sugar magic series by ana mariano Uh, there's so many i love middle grade so much and um hmm what is my favorite book of 2020 so far i mean darius is a new fave for sure We'll be making it to that best of 2020 list for sure. Um, I recently read and loved The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. That was so good. Mm. Um, I know you did a, a reading. I did. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, that book was a lot. <laughs> it was like genius for sure. Um, hmm. The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. That fire that was yes. so good oh so pure ever like i feel like if you need joy in this time turn to tj clune turn to the house in the cerulean sea it will bring you joy and then um yes probably please. cemetery boys of course by aiden thomas like number one mm. number one release of 2020 will die for these boys <laughs> will do anything to promote these books <laughs> like anything aiden thomas writes i'm there Cemetery Boys is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Cemetery Boys is also on my um, high on my TV for this year. So, for- 
very much ah, looking forward okay. to it when it comes out. I honestly don't mean for this to be my humble brag. But but speaking of Darius, um, I did recently get to read the manuscript for the sequel, which is coming out this fall. It's honestly everything that I had ever wanted from a sequel. I can't even begin to imagine. Like that's what's so So, exciting. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna get, but like it's gonna be so good. (laughs) As soon as we're able to share it, I will definitely be in your inbox. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But so for our listeners, it's entitled Darius the Great does. Deserves Better, and yes. it's out this fall. He does deserve he does. better. He's such a sweet I want him to make role. me tea. <laughs> yes. So I did want to take also take some time um, for some sure. pop culture questions, since obviously all of us are consuming pop culture mm-hmm. to varying mm-hmm. degrees now. So first off, who's your favorite Voltron <laughs> character? I ask this question because I notice in the room where you uh-huh. film like some of your videos that yes. you have a Voltron so poster like, on the wall. I so. try to get that in the ask. shot every single time. I like I measure like where my shot is. I'm like, okay, who's in the shot? Is it Shira? Like, is it who's there? So, yes. So I feel like my whole life has led up to this moment, <laughs> and that I've been unconsciously preparing to answer this question my whole life. So thank you. I do, I want to lead by saying that I would happily give my life for Lance and the fact that he basically wrote his own destiny into existence when he took himself from being the dumbest idiot boy to being the kick butt sharpshooter who always comes through in the clutch puts me very deep in my feelings. I could write a dissertation about that, but I won't. But for me, I think it has to be Pidge. Like their gender neutrality was really important for Mm. me to see. And I just have such a soft spot for characters who use their brain to save the world. So Pidge is my favorite kind of genius. And I actually use Pidge as my screen name in like all the video games I play because I just, I see myself in them and I love them so much. And Bex Taylor Klaus who voices Pidge is like non-binary legend. I love them so much. Somehow like the one year I happened to be at San Diego Comic-Con, it was very Weird oh, wow. and long story, but I did get to, or rather, I didn't get to meet Max Theoclaus, but oh my, God. my friend did. Um, I just awkwardly <laughs> survived. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. I just can't. Like, breathing the same air as them, I can't. Yeah. There's that you want to shout out in particular during this time, and, and similar to that, I also want to ask, um, do you have any fa- fantastic TV shows, podcasts, oh, yeah. or movies I it to all. recommend? So, I mean, obviously there's authors we've already talked about. I love them so much, like Adib Karam and Gabby Rivera and TJ Klune. And I also forever got a shout out, um, Julian Winters and Aiden Thomas. Like I would move heaven and earth for them. They're so cool. And like I said before, N.K. Jemison, she's not just an author, she's a hero. She's a legend. So I would give my life for her. <laughs> and uh I feel like <laughs> Silvia Moreno-Garcia is criminally slept on in our time, considering that she's a genre-defying genius. Mm. So, like, if you take nothing else away from this episode, take away that. <laughs> as far as TV shows, <laughs> I've been, like, re-watching and watching a lot of stuff. So I've been re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender and Ruby. And oh I've <laughs> recently been re-watching The Great British Bake Off, which is, like, so soft. It's, like, my grandma mm. loves watching that show, so I watch it with her, and she's it makes her so happy. 
Um, there's also an anime called Given, which is an absolute gift from the gods. And then I've also spent a lot of time mm. watching Boruto Naruto Next Generations, which makes me feel a lot and of has course. gotten under my skin. And then I'm also watching Fruits Basket season two, which is really, really soft and cute. Yes. Podcasts are giving me life. <laughs> so like all of the McElroy <laughs> family products are essential. So like my brother, my brother and me has been my light and joy every single Monday and wonderful hosted by Griffin McElroy and Rachel McElroy brings me so much happiness as well. And there's also um, 88 Cups of Tea, which is a podcast where authors talk about storytelling and their writing process. I do have to ask where in your rewatch of I am in book two, I think. Into the picture. Place, oh, so am no. um my friends will know that i am an unabashed <laughs> funko collector and literally in the room where i'm mm-hmm. recording right now the my funko uh, of Toph is the best me. I mean, obviously i have a bias for green characters but like she's the best yeah. forever for mm-hmm. okay i know it's it has an interesting spot. Mm-hmm. I know it's like so many them. people like rag on it, but um, honestly, be, like yeah. I love both series so much. It's, yes, especially like books three and four. Mm. It's just it, it just Cor- yeah. Cor's journey just gave me life. Honestly, it's I can't. <laughs> that's all I can say without spoiling without, like, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, good. it's quality, quality television. I know that too. That too. End of our episode, Adriana. Thank you so much for joining me on We thank Are Thank you so much for having today. me, and congrats on your recent promotion. It was for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and can I just say, I just want to say a big thank you to you and the entire Penguin Team team, because I just feel like there's so many creators out there who, like, mm. their name is never going to come up at the table when it comes to, like, marketing or publicity opportunities. And you guys have always been so good about, you know, holding out your hand to creators of all different backgrounds and audience sizes, and it really makes a difference. So I really, really mean it when I say I appreciate you and I appreciate all the work you do. That's really touching. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll definitely share it with my team as well. Um, but we really just, yeah, no just love hearing that. Thank you. So you can follow Adriana on YouTube at Perpetual Pages. In our next episode, we check in with Laura Beth Johnson, author of the upcoming sci-fi adventure, Goddess in the 